2: Hey, it's Dan, and this is the Orange and Brown Talk podcast for Wednesday. It is schedule release day. So Mary Kay, Ellis, and I decided we would power rank the Browns opponents because we obviously know the opponents. We just don't know the when and where. So how else, right? We did it fantasy draft style, snake draft this time. We power ranked all 14 Browns opponents. Now, make sure you're subscribed to Football Insider because you'll get a text with the schedule when it is released tonight. You'll also get some analysis on the schedule as well. And, of course, you'll get access to stories on cleveland.com slash Browns about the schedule that have that football insider tag so you can get all signed up and set up before tonight. It's cleveland.com slash Browns. It's the blue banner at the top of the page. And on Thursday morning, we will have a full reaction podcast to the schedule release. All right, I won't make you wait any longer. Here are our power rankings of Browns opponents in 2021. And here we go. We are going to draft the Browns opponents here on schedule release day. And I'll come back tomorrow. We're going to have a, the full roundtable off of the schedule release. So we're going to have all sorts of schedule content for you. Why not? It's the only thing happening in the NFL right now. Uh, so we're going to get to it. We're going to do this in a snake draft. Uh, I've got the first pick. Ellis has the second pick and Mary Kay has the third pick. So with the number one pick, I'm going to take the easy no brainer. Kansas City Chiefs now again we're not we're not drafting the game we're drafting the opponent and Kansas City is the most interesting opponent on this schedule just because of what happened last season playoff matchup you've got Mahomes versus Baker you've got Kansas City's remade offensive line and all those weapons going against the Browns offense and year two under Kevin Stefanski it's just too easy here Kansas City I hope this game ends up on a Sunday night and I think it will uh easy number one pick here
0: Yeah, of course, I I know that Ellis and I would have done the same thing there with the number uh, one pick 14 and two last year. People talk about how the Browns played them tougher than a lot of other teams would. And they they did I mean, they gave them a really, really good game. uh, But they also had Patrick out of the game for 21 minutes or 22 minutes or something like that. So if he plays the whole entire game, it will be a tougher game this year. They also beefed up their offensive line. And that's important. That's really important. It, that, was, that really hurt them, obviously, in, in the Super Bowl. And you know, this year, I think the Browns have such an overhauled defense that you know, part of what they did defensively was to get past the Lamar Jacksons and the Patrick Mahomes of, of the NFL. And now these guys uh, have countered with guard Joe Tooney, with Orlando Brown uh, on that offensive line. You know, obviously they're always tough with, with that explosive offense that they have. You know, I think it's going to be a heck of a matchup. Of course it's on the road that that will make it very, very difficult, but it it should be a heck of a game. And as you pointed out in one of your posts this week, Dan, it'll probably be a primetime game. So everybody will get to tune in.
1: Yeah. A lot of primetime games likely on this schedule and couldn't agree more with the chiefs being number one, of course, to add to Mary Kay's point about the chiefs really only real weakness becoming possibly a strength with the additions of Orlando Brown and uh, Tooney that to me, combined with the way they lost in the Super Bowl, tells me that the chiefs are just going to go on a revenge scorched earth tour this year. And that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow, where this game lands, the win on the schedule. And I think that's so important when it comes to the Browns opportunity to beat this chiefs team, you probably don't want to play them early. You probably don't want to play them late find them in the middle at somewhere but this this is going to be just a a great game regardless and that's why it's going number one
2: all right so ellis give us the number two team as we power rank brown's opponents
1: now this is tough because (laughs) i could have avoided this but i'm not going to the team i'm about to take may lose their best player (laughs) by the time week one starts but as of right now aaron Rodgers is still a green bay packer so we will draft under that assumption i'm taking the Packers really only because it is an offense that the Browns have not seen yet, are not familiar with, a weapon they, they have not faced, of course, in Aaron Rodgers, a, a style of offense that hung up, I think, 30-plus points, or you know, won comfortably against the Rams, that number one defense, the combination of Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones. The, the Packers present such a, a threat both on the ground and through the air. The defense remains strong. They added another corner on the outside. It's a team that I'm not sure the Browns really match up with all that. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Of course, if Aaron Rodgers is on this team that changes things, but I can bake in a little safety saying that, you know, there's no tape on Jordan love either. So if they were to play green Bay early with no tape on Jordan love, perhaps that would make things even more difficult than saying, Hey, we're just facing a rookie. So whether it's Rodgers, whether it's love, this is still going to be an, it should be exciting game, all eyes game. And if it's Rogers, this deserves the number two spot.
0: Yeah. I mean, this could be another primetime game. I mean, if if Aaron Rodgers is on this football team, this could be another classic matchup between two excellent quarterbacks, two playoff teams, two really good football teams. And it is just, it's still so hard for me to wrap my brain around the fact that Aaron Rodgers might not be with the green Bay Packers. Right. I mean, that just, uh, that just hit me like a ton of bricks on draft weekend. When we heard that, I was like, huh? I'm like, I don't know why. Maybe it shouldn't have, you could see the signs that something uh, was afoot in green Bay, but I just didn't want to believe it, I guess, because I, it, that's just, you know, that's just football to me. That's NFL football, Aaron Rodgers and the green Bay Packers. But oddly enough, if he's not in green Bay, there's a chance he could end up somewhere else on this schedule. You know, I think you had to do the right thing there. I think Ellis, you had to you had to pick them there. That's where I had them at number two, because we just have to go by the assumption that for right now, he's a Green Bay Packer. If he's not, it still was a 13 and three football team. That has a lot to do with him, obviously. But I still think that they will be a tough out, even if he's not there.
2: Yeah. And well, the NFL's got to fly blind too, because they're they're gonna oh. release the schedule here. And Green Bay's probably going to have a bunch of primetime games <laughs> and uh, maybe not have Aaron Rodgers. So that's, that's what the NFL has to deal with. All right, Mary Kay, snake draft. You've got the next two.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, lucky me. Uh, I am going to go with the Baltimore Ravens at number three. Beat the Browns twice. The Browns have got to get back to beating the Ravens. This is the year. Uh, and I think they're going to have to set the tone by beating them in the first meeting and just saying, We're planting our flag in this division. We've got this this year. But, you know, they're always tough. They will always be tough after that classic football game between these two teams in Cleveland uh, at the end of the season there, uh, or almost the end of the season. I mean, that was just such a phenomenal game. It was phenomenal. We'll never forget sitting in that press box and seeing Lamar Jackson coming back out onto the field. I've seen that happen before in other football games. And it's always so surreal. I saw it happen once with Ben Roethlisberger. I saw it happen once with Matthew Stafford and it never has a happy ending when the superstar quarterback comes bounding out of the locker room. It was just uh, the stuff of NFL films, wasn't it? I mean, it was pretty darn incredible. Uh, so the Browns this year, that's what they have to do. They've got to say, we are taking this division. We are beating the Ravens. And uh, this is my number three matchup.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's two horse race in the AFC North. Um, and I think it's these two teams. And so, yeah, Baltimore is a, a solid pick here for, for sure. And again, uh, another primetime candidate at, at some point, one of those two matchups.
1: Yeah. And with the Ravens draft class, it's, it's one of these teams that the good just keeps reloading in the way that they draft. And of course we never know what these guys are going to do until we see them on the field, but you know, Rashad Bateman sounds like a pretty complete prospect, a receiver right away that Cleveland will have to contend with. There's something about cornerbacks in Baltimore where they draft them and they develop them quickly. They landed guys in the third and fifth round, Sean Wade of Ohio state being one of them. I know he had a disappointing senior year, but that's a kid who could turn into someone. And then Brandon Stevens also at SMU, one of those two will turn into a reliable starter for this team. And that's a, a cornerback room that was already a, a strength of the team. It's just another guy that the, the Browns are going to have to worry about getting open via that press man coverage that they love to play. And they added the old line. They drafted a the third rounder, uh, Ben Cleveland out of Georgia, who just looks like a, a mammoth of a man, the way he's built added Kevin Zeitler as well. So restructuring that interior making up for that Orlando Brown loss and then adding some receivers and cornerbacks. It's a team that really didn't have many holes and the few that they did have, they completely addressed in the draft and the Ravens just continue to look like a tough out for the Browns.
2: Okay. So this is where it starts to get a little more random. I think, Mary Kay, you get to take number four here as, as we go into, I guess what's officially round two.
0: And you know what, you guys, I'm sure you feel the same way about this spot because we could pick four or five different teams for this very spot, right? This one is not a no brainer. And you guys will probably, you guys will probably end up disagreeing. We could have, we could have each taken a different choice here. So after I name mine, I want you guys to tell me maybe who you would have put here because it, it's probably not going to be who I'm choosing. I'm taking the Arizona Cardinals uh, with this pick And I'm doing so because I think they're going to be better this year. They have J.J. Watt. They've got Chandler Jones coming back. I think the defense is going to be so much better. I think they're going to find a way to get better. I think Kyler Murray has an opportunity uh, to step it up a little bit. But as I mentioned before, I could have put several teams in here uh, because the outlook is, is about the same for about four or five teams right here in this category, but I don't know. I just feel like uh, that matchup between Kyler and Baker is always going to be a classic matchup. Kyler Murray is going to want to beat Baker and vice versa. Those guys have a really nice little rivalry going. He got the best of of Baker in their first meeting. Yeah. I think this is going to be a a, a pretty cool game. It's going to be a tough one to win. And it could also be another primetime game. Kyler versus Baker. So I'm going with it.
2: Okay. So Ellis, you got the next pick. So why don't you, did, did Mary Kay take your team? And if not, who was it going to be?
1: She did not take my team though. It was this close as as she (laughs) teased. It's this close and I'll explain why my team got the edge in a second. I want to talk about the Cardinals here first with the Cardinals. I, and let me be clear. Mary Kay is right here. Like if I would have had. The pick that she just had, I would have taken my team and been wrong. The the Cardinals pick is right, because as I'm thinking about this, the Kyler Murray matchup, Lamar Jackson has been problematic for the Browns since day one. Kyler brings a very similar element, but the Cardinals have options on the outside that the Ravens simply knew not of course starting with the Andre Hopkins who will just be a matchup nightmare regardless of what corner the Browns throw at him Christian Kirk has some speed as well on the outside and then they added Rondell Moore a, a rookie out of Purdue who's had some injury history but he's a five-eight, just speedster tore up the Big Ten his freshman year who knows what they'll get out of him and again this is why it matters when you play these teams So this is why this matters, because if it was a week 17 game, I'd say, okay, well, Rondell Moore is probably acclimated to the offense and you're going to see a full dose of him. If you see him in week one or two, you might not have to worry about that dynamic rookie. Remember, the Vikings, Justin Jefferson set the all time rookie record, breaking Randy Moss's mark and didn't start the first three games. These rookies take some time. So if you see the Cardinals early, you don't got to worry about that problem maker. They also drafted Zayvon Collins, Mary Kay, to go to what you were saying about J.J. Watt. Mm -hmm. maybe he's a problem maker right away, perhaps not, but those are two, you know, higher profile rookies that you do worry about. If they figure things out pretty quickly, I got in, I already said the problems that Kyler could create and cliff Kingsbury is going to be fighting for his job early on there. And I expect that offense to come out looking great. My pick was the new England Patriots. And the reason I have the Cardinals slightly ahead is for everything I laid out, the quarterback, the weapons, kind of everything the Patriots don't have right but what the Patriots do have is Bill Belichick and I know I don't need to lecture Mary Kay on what Bill Belichick can do to opposing offenses but this is going to be Kevin Stefanski's first time meeting Bill Belichick of course the Browns played in Foxborough in 2019 that was a Freddie Kitchen scene, and, and it, it was ugly of course but this is the first time the best defensive schemer in the game will face Kevin Stefanski and, and Kevin got outcoached a few times last year. The chiefs game probably wasn't his best mark. There's a team on this schedule. We're going to get to, I don't think, I think John Gruden outcoached Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland this year that, you know, it, it's a short list, but a few coaches have done it. Bill Belichick will have a chance to get the best of Kevin Stefanski in that situation. Of course, all the money that the Pats put into that defense. And then is it Mac Jones? Is it Cam Newton? you worry about the running quarterback in Cam or you worried about the ready product in Mac Jones. They spent money at receiver, two new tight ends. I'm buying the Patriots as we've talked about in our power rankings and whatnot. And then with them facing a, a young head coach in Kevin Stefanski and that's Bill Belichick. I, I like the matchup. And I just think it's a very intriguing game when we get to it.
2: I can't argue with Arizona. That was not the team. I probably would have taken it for, but I'm kind of with Ellis. Maybe I would have been wrong on that one. New England, I think, is a little high, to be honest. And I'm actually with you, Ellis. I'm actually a little more – I'm a little more behind New England being good again this year because it feels – this is one of those teams that it feels like we talk about them like they went 3-13 and last year. Yeah. They went 7-9, and nine and they played a brutal schedule with Cam Newton, who got COVID. I, I don't know if that's why he couldn't throw the ball, if it was the after effects of that, or if he's, he's just done. I don't know but they went seven and nine against a really good schedule last year. So I think writing off the Patriots, I'm I'm with you, write them off at your
1: own risk. Go ahead. Yeah. They led the league in opt-outs too.
0: That
2: too. Yeah, you're right. They're getting a bunch of guys back on defense, Mary Kay.
0: And you know what? I I actually had the Patriots at number four. And when I was on the clock, I switched
1: (laughs) the Cardinals.
0: And you can see that I did that. You two can see it, right? I did the little switcheroo when I was on the clock because I was thinking, I looked at the Cardinals and I was like, dang, you know, this is, that's Kyler versus Baker. And I just think that's going to be with JJ. And as you mentioned, Zaven it's a good defense. The Browns didn't face a lot of really good defenses last year. And I think this is going to be, a much better defense, but I did go back and forth. I had the Patriots at number four for all the reasons that you're mentioning, especially because they are in New England and because they are facing Bill Belichick. So we were on the same wavelength there, and I switched it over at the last minute. Now I think I convinced you that maybe I was right, but now you have me thinking maybe I was wrong. So I think, <laughs> I, I think we're doing a great job with that one.
1: Yeah, look at this dance we're doing, and I don't know which way this will persuade one person or another, but I don't know if we mentioned Chandler Jones as well on that defense, of course, another sack monster. So yes. Collins, Watt, Jones, it's going to be a nice defense and a worrisome one for Baker Mayfield sitting back there. New England's strength of schedule last year,
2: 527, which is the, the strongest schedule, the highest strength of schedule of basically the top 10 teams in the AFC last year. Nobody in the top 10 had a better strength of schedule. Well, I'm sorry, one team, Las Vegas. So second most, and Las Vegas went eight and eight, New England went seven and nine. So that was a really, I mean, honestly, a pretty good coaching job by Bill Belichick based on, on what they had. And they won some, some really good games. Now, the team I would have taken... Now that I'm thinking about it, I probably wouldn't have taken them ahead of Arizona. I might have. I definitely would have taken them ahead of New England. And I'm very happy they are here sitting at number six. Do you guys know, according to PFF, when you make, you know, 20% minimum of 251 dropbacks last year under pressure, who had the highest quarterback rating under pressure in the entire NFL last year?
1: Derek Carr. Mary
2: Kay, who do you think? Kirk Cousins.
1: Oh, it's going to be Herbert, isn't it? It is. Oh, Justin just Herbert. Herbert. It's Herbert. Yeah. A
2: 99 4 rating under it's pressure it's last ridiculous. year. Mm. And I think Justin Herbert, when all is said and done and, and I, we, all we do is praise Joe Burrow on this pod. This is basically a Browns podcast and a Joe Burrow podcast. I think we all love <laughs> Joe Burrow, Facts. Mm-hmm. but I think, and I know we're jumping to a conclusion here after one year. Justin Herbert's going to be the best rookie or not the best rookie, the best quarterback out of that class. He's, I think he's legitimately that good. And so the LA chargers, again, another team last year that Mm -hmm. ended up with a pretty decent record. They were uh, seven and nine. And that came with some really questionable coaching decisions, really questionable play calling. They're bringing in Brandon Staley. He's going to bring a smarter brand of football there's still all kinds of talent on that football team as well. So I think the LA chargers, I'm going to take them here at six. I mean, I have the wraparound pick anyway, so I got a little freedom with this pick, Mm -hmm. but I think this is a sneaky, tough game. It's going to be on the road. Mm -hmm. It's going to be at SoFi stadium. I know the chargers don't have a great fan base in LA necessarily, but just the team itself, we're doing power rankings though. So not the game, but even standing alone as the team, I think the LA chargers Mm -hmm. belong in this spot. And like I said, I would have, I might have taken him at four. That would have been a mistake. I think Arizona is the right pick there. I would have taken him ahead of New England.
0: You know what? I like it, Dan. You make a compelling, compelling case. Justin Herbert, what is not to like one of the up-and-coming, unbelievable quarterbacks in the NFL, this new wave of just young guys that are tearing it up. And as you mentioned, really good coaching, uh, a good football team, that, as you said, went seven and nine with, with some issues, and he only figures to take a big jump this year. Justin Herbert does. So, yeah, I, I can see this totally. I mean, again, you can make a case. You could have made a case at number four. You could have made a case for it at number five, and you can certainly make a very strong case here at number six for this.
1: Yeah, the Chargers were one of the draft darlings, along with the Browns. Uh, just, you know, anywhere you looked, you really found people raving about that class. Uh, I've been talking about the draft, the selector exercise. So to move off that and stay on the coaches, I will say that the only reason I had New England ahead of the Chargers, and it really just goes to where I tend to lean in this league, which has gotten me wrong plenty of times. It's just the unknown of Brandon Staley being the head coach, but I'm actually more less worried about that and more concerned about the offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi, who I think will do an okay job and he could do a fine job. I just don't know how soon that will be. Like I trust the product that is Brandon Staley, the the offensive commodity in Lombardi and just what he's going to do with that. It could take some time, but all the ingredients are there. It, it is a beautiful roster with the quarterback that you led with and a stacked defense or one that's trending that way. They've got some questions at corner, adding Asante Samuel Jr. They'll, they'll work to figure that out but it is just a slight unknown with Lombardi, but overall the roster it's up there as one of the top, like the Cleveland Browns.
2: Okay. So now I've got to make another pick. I I can't pick the Pittsburgh Steelers here. I just can't. That would be too, too off brand for me here. (laughs) I'm thinking of like three teams here. And I think I'm going to take a little bit of a chance here and maybe reach. I'm going to take the Denver Broncos, whether they get Aaron Rodgers or not. Now if they get Aaron Rodgers, obviously that shoots them up these rankings, But I think having Teddy Bridgewater there at least gives you some stability at that position, and they've got so many weapons on that offense. And, you know, if Vic Fangio can kind of stay out of the way on the offensive side, make good game management decisions, that'll help. And and he's one of the best defensive coordinators in football. They still have a lot of pieces for a good defense there in Denver. So I think sort of like the Chargers – nobody's really talking about the, well, I wouldn't say nobody's talking about the Chargers. I think there's people out there that think the Chargers will be good, but Denver's kind of sneaky good too. If Teddy Bridgewater is the starter there and he just kind of gives them that consistent, you know, not, not as erratic quarterback plays you were getting from Drew Locke.
0: This is higher than I had the Broncos because I'm sort of bigger on the whole quarterback piece. And I'm just, I just wasn't sold on what they're doing at quarterback. Of course, Everything changes is if they end up with an Aaron Rodgers or somebody like that. But they did some nice things. They did, you know, they got, they got Patrick Sertan. I like Javante Williams. I really like the running back that they drafted. He's pretty darn amazing. Uh, you know, if you guys, I'm sure you did watch some of his film a little bit. Uh, he's got some elements of a of a Nick Chubb to him, and and that that can be difficult to defend. I had them significantly lower, but, you know, you got to love Bradley Chubb. Von Miller is back. This is going to be a tough out if they get good quarterback play.
1: I'm all in on this Denver team this year. Dan, you you nailed this one. To add to that defense with Patrick Chertain, as Mary Kay mentioned, they grabbed Kyle Fuller from the Bears when he was – randomly cut during free agency they also signed Ronald Darby which a little expensive but that's fine they've been retaining Justin Simmons for years now he'll play on the tag Von Miller's back Bradley Chubb that's just the defense and then you look at this offense that Teddy Bridgewater now is going to quarterback at a completely above average level which is all this offense really needs Mary Kay mentioned the running back they still have Melvin Gordon Cortland Sutton coming back from injury Jerry Judy who's just a freak of a route runner any fantasy football listeners get Jerry Judy this year, uh, KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick, and then the tight end, Noah Fant. And their their left tackle boils turned into a, a reliable starter who just got a new contract. I think this team is set to be a very tough out for any AFC opponent. And holy smokes, if they add Aaron Rodgers, they'll catapult to uh, you know a top three or four Super Bowl contending team. So this is a nice sweet spot to land them at, Dan. And if this ages again with them adding Aaron Rodgers, it'll be the steal of the draft.
2: Yeah, real quick, where would you guys have taken them if Aaron Rodgers were a Bronco right now? Uh, so we had Kansas City one, Green Bay two, Baltimore three.
1: Would they have gone top 3 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. I probably would have put them would two. Would they have gone two? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would have took them over the Packers.
0: Yes, me too, for sure,
2: 100%. Ellis, you're up, number eight.
1: Yep, well, you made my pick quite simple. I was going to take that Broncos team that I just raved about, <laughs> but why not just land the Minnesota Vikings? It seems like a great spot to grab them at. And it's not a huge homer pick listeners, because look, the Vikings added two linemen in the draft, Derrishaw, a left tackle. And then Wyatt Davis uh, of Ohio state, I believe he'll play guard. So they're going to have two rookies on the left side, but that's, you know, really all their, their best choice to upgrade that line, which was their big deficiency a year ago. They'll get to Hunter back adding their pass rush. They got Tomlinson in the free agency from the giants their, their defensive line is back. The, the linebackers are healthy. Kendricks and Barr. You'll have Harrison Smith back there again. And now I'm talking way too long about the Vikings on a Browns podcast. They still got Justin Jefferson, Delvin Cook, Adam Thielen. This is going to be a team that's ready to bounce back.
0: You know what? I think so, too. I think they got off to a bad start last year. They rebounded. Right. They had key injuries, key losses. Hunter, I mean, he, he he's amazing. He's there. Miles Garrett. You know, I, I, I just think that they're not going to go two years in a row with uh, with a season like that. They they added some nice things, beefed up their whole entire defense, added Patrick Peterson. I, I see them coming back. I do. I see them coming back. And this this is going to be a pretty tough game and it's on the road. So I, I, I think this definitely belongs here.
1: Quick question. Have either of you guys um, covered a game at, at U.S. Bank, like a like Vikings, Browns preseason, anything like that?
2: somewhere along okay, the you were the, at the super bowl there right yes yep
1: oh okay got it yeah that place just gets crazy loud it's, it's just an underrated loud place uh playing in playing in u.s bank yeah
2: and, and minneapolis one of my favorite
1: cities by the way
2: mm-hmm. especially as they send us there in warm weather it'll be one of my favorites yeah. uh, one.
1: Fingers for that one.
2: <laughs> one point about the vikings too and, and this is sort of a discussion that we might have about the steelers as well when you look at what they've done under mike zimmer Their worst record is seven and nine. They've done it twice, you know, 11 and five, 13 and three, 10 and six, eight, seven and one, eight and eight. There's a pretty solid floor for this football team. Like They're just, they're going to be in contention for the playoffs. And and that alone, I I think means you've got to put them probably right around this spot on the list. All right, Mary Kay, you are up. You've got back-to-back picks
0: here. This one's a little tricky. Uh, We're starting to get to that point, but I am going to go with the Raiders here going to go with the Raiders. I still really like Derek Carr. You know, I, I just think a good quarterback like that can cover up for a lot of ills. Now they had some losses and they, they have a few issues, but they added Yannick Nagakaway. I like him. They ended up getting Alex Leatherwood in the draft. So their, their offensive line will be better. They also signed John Brown. So they got some good speed there. They signed Willie Sneed they, you know, they did some pretty good things and and they lost a couple of guys here and there, but there's, there's a lot to like about, about the Raiders. Now they, they kind of lost it down the stretch. You know, they, they were a playoff contender and they should have been in the playoffs and they just kind of fell apart at the end, but I think they're going to get it back. And, and I think they're going to be a, a, tough, tough opponent in 2021.
1: Yeah. This is a, this is a safe spot for the Raiders. The thing with John Gruden, and I've been on the record of really endorsing him as a in-game coach, a play caller. It's everything else, really, when the season ends that makes the rate of problematic. Their free agent decisions, some of their drafting stuff, but with any given Sunday with John Gruden is what I'm saying. This team is destined to go, you know, win, but anywhere between seven and ten games, six and ten games. But that means it's volatile, which means you don't want to catch John Gruden when he could pull off one of those. You know, six, seven, or eight wins, and that could very well be what happens to the Browns. I would never bet the Raiders to win their division, win the AFC, or win the Super Bowl, of course. But on a random Sunday, I'm not betting against John and It's just, it's just the way it is.
2: This is a team you want late in the year. They seem, exactly. they seem to, to kind of flag a little bit late in the season so far on, under this current regime. Mary Kay, who do you have at ten?
0: All right, number ten. This is when they
2: finally, the team we've been waiting for finally comes
0: off the board. I don't know. I have the Chicago Bears here. Ooh. I have the Chicago Bears. The team that I had at number 10 is the team that we've been waiting to come off the board. But I had the Bears ranked higher. So I'm true to the board. Yeah. So I'm staying true to the board because I I think they're, you know, generally a pretty good football team. And now you you're adding Justin Fields to the mix. And I think that's going to make it very, very interesting. I think they're, yeah, I think they're going to be okay with him. I would probably go ahead and get him on the field right away. So the Browns are going to want to play them a little early while he's still trying to figure out his game. Yeah. I went with them here. And now, you know, you could probably make a case that, that that, uh, that that other team from the AFC North should be here and that, that we're going too low with them because we cannot get that, that playoff loss out of our, brains where they looked so bad but who can ever count out that team but anyways i'm going with the bears here
2: interesting pick and i and i agree i mean i think justin fields should be on the field sooner rather than later he's got so much college experience and are you really going to roll andy dalton out there for 10 weeks right
0: why
1: yeah and this is a defense still with khalil mac a defense that can keep them in games and they're just looking for the th- the explosive offense to finish games for them now. And perhaps Justin Fields is that injection of life and youth and unpredictability. Uh, Again, we talk about not having game tape, rookie quarterbacks really have an advantage in that first year. And if the Browns catch them at an inopportune time for that, I could see how this becomes an issue. It's just the unknown. If it's Andy Dalton, this team's ranked way lower for me. If it's Justin Fields, this seems appropriate.
2: Okay. So Ellis, you're up number 11.
1: It's gotta be the Steelers. (laughs) It just it has to be the Steelers. I, I'm this seems like again like a good spot for them. They could have went higher, perhaps, over the Raiders or over the Bears. I don't know, but we got to remember that they really retained that entire defense aside from Bud Dupree, and in, in one of the corners. I, I believe Hilton's gone. This is just a team you you can't count count out. And if we're talking about floors for the Vikings or the Raiders being anywhere between, you know, being about 500, well, that's ex- literally Mike Tomlin's never had a season below 500. So this, I mean, best case scenario usually, well, not usually for the Browns, but now in this world where the Browns and Steelers are equals, you'd think a split with the Steelers just because they're the Steelers, um, which means they're going to lose once to them. Of course, it's, there's so much unknown New offensive coordinator, at Canada. We don't know what the offense is going to look like. It's probably just going to still just be Big Ben sitting back there in shotgun and chucking it. But they do add Najee Harris, which makes you wonder: Do they want to start running the football? If they decide to do that, this could be a running back that they just run like crazy and let say Big Ben for that hopeful playoff run or end of the year stuff. And Najee Harris seems like a guy who's going to be problematic. We talked about him on the draft pre-draft show. Where in the AFC would it be most? problematic for Harris to go in the AFC and we pick the Steelers. There's a lot to like, but I think what Mary Kay said is so accurate. We can't get that game. We were all at, at out of our heads and really the back-to-back uh, weeks of it combining the two.
0: When I think about this now and I look at my board, I feel like I should have put the Steelers ahead of the bears. So I think if I had it to do all over again, I would put them there. Uh, at least at number 10, they, they might even be able to go a little higher than that. They, they might've even been able to go at, at nine ahead of the, the Raiders and the bears. Uh, because when you think about it, I mean, look at that receiving court. Yeah. That's a damn good receipt. I mean, chase Claypool.
1: Yeah. Deontay Johnson.
0: Deontay Johnson. It's, a, it, yep. you know, now, now you add Najee Harris, they need an offensive line to make the whole thing go, but They, you know, that defense, as we've mentioned, they're always, they're always good. They're always going to be somehow they find a way to get good. And I think that game got away from them. The, I mean, it was over the minute the snap went over Ben's head. Sometimes a game just gets away from you and you look so much worse than you were. If they can shore up some of the problems that they had last year, they could sneak up and surprise some people this year.
1: I can't remember if we talked about this on Gotta Watch the Tape or if it was with you guys. I'm leaning towards Gotta Watch the Tape, which is why I'm bringing it up to you two. The Browns and the Steelers just didn't play a, a normal game last year, and they met three times. I mean, talk about a game ending before it starts. Baker Mayfield's interception, you know, pick six to Micah Fitzpatrick. Mika Fitzpatrick basically ended that game early in the season. Then week 17, they rest. Pittsburgh wrestler starters that's right. abnormal as it gets right. and then of course the snap over Big Ben's head in the wild card route I mean that's three times and not one you can really look at and say both teams got to stay in their game flow and just play football so it, it was a strange 2020 for many reasons I think we can chalk that one up as another reason as to why it was and it does make things a little more cloudy in 2021 despite how low we are on the Steelers and how crystal clear it feels like the Browns are ahead of them.
2: I do think, though, too, and one of the reasons that I just I struggle to see the Steelers as being like I think organizationally, yes, that that floor is sort of like I said with Minnesota, right? They're probably going to go nine and eight at worst, or whatever. But they were really bad at the end of the season last year. Yeah. Like they were a really bad football team. That mm-hmm. um, you know they blew out the Jaguars, and then they beat the Ravens barely. Uh, when when the Ravens had nobody available and then they lost to Washington Buffalo Cincinnati the Browns and they played a good half against the Colts and that I mean they were they were going to lose that Colts game they almost lost the AFC North last year Mm -hmm. had a couple things gone a little bit differently and they started 11 and 0 so it's just hard for me to not see not just that playoff game against the Browns to me it just feels like that was a culmination of like your last month and a half of the season, you were a bad football team and mm-hmm. you kind of, you kind of got what you deserved in that, that wild card game. And obviously the Steelers came back and, and made it interesting, big bender for a million yards in that game. But it, it's just hard for me to not just shake that game, but also just the way the whole back half of that season or not the back half, but the last six weeks or so of that season went for Pittsburgh.
1: Real quick. I'm wondering your guys' own opinion on this would help. Can we, credit that landfall end of the year to them not having a bye week really i mean i know they rested guys in week 17 but that's mm-hmm. not the the self-scout true bye week that we've raved about that helped the browns and of course got the bucks really to a super bowl do you think that played way more of a factor than really anyone gives it credit for
0: yeah i think so i i think there was a lot uh, to be said for that so yeah i i, I definitely think so and when you look also to the playoff game that we keep talking about, there was a juju factor there that I think, we, <laughs> right? I mean, that, was, that had as much of an impact on that game as remember when, of course you do, Nick Bosa took it to the Cleveland Browns because of what he wanted to do to Baker Mayfield. I mean, there was such an emotional factor to that game. And now the Steelers are going to have something uh, to fight for because they got their butts kicked in that game. So now, you know, the emotions are going to be different this time around. The Browns are going to have to work themselves back up into that same lather again. They were sky, I mean, they, they they were out for blood that game. There was no way that they were losing that football game. If the Steelers could get themselves worked up like that, to come back and get revenge for that game. I think that will be a factor and you know it, it's just hard to say. It who knows how they're going to come back from from what went on with them last year, but they're a smart organization. They're smart. They know how to draft. They know how to pull themselves back together usually and I don't know. We don't know what the Steelers are going to be in 2021 is is really the bottom line right now.
2: All right, so we got three picks left, and I get two of them. So, Ellis, unfortunately, I'm going to leave you someone who's not very good for, <laughs> for number 14. Uh, it's just how I want to order these teams. and I'm, So I'm going to take Cincinnati at number 12, and I'm going to take Detroit at number 13. And I guess the only question here is, do I have this right, Ellis? Do I have the order right that Detroit should be ahead of Houston?
1: You do. You do. Yep, that's what I got on my list. And, of course, this is
2: assuming that all the complicated Deshaun Watson stuff, that for some reason he doesn't run out on that field and play for the Texans Mm -hmm. next season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've seen writers talk about Houston's roster like it's an expansion team all over again. It is dire in Houston with or without Deshaun Watson, which is remarkable to say considering his athletic talent. The Lions at least have a foundation, still some roster stuff from a year ago, and this year they drafted well. It just seems hopeless in Houston. And these two games, you really can pencil in it as W's, but we would have thought that about, you know, Jets and Jaguars a year ago and one was a loss for the Browns and one was a two point conversion away from, from being an L. So you never know.
2: The NFL, the NFL is a crazy league. You know, you, you lose game. You lose bad games. It happens to every single football team. Mary I get the order, right? Cincinnati, Detroit, Houston.
0: Absolutely. That is exactly how I had them it's going to be interesting to me to figure out what the Bengals are just in the the same fashion that we don't know what the Steelers are for sure. We don't know what the Bengals are going, going to be because I'll tell you what, that darn Joey Burrow, who we really like gave the Browns a really, really good football game in Cincinnati. Right. And now he's got Jamar chase. They have other things that they have added They've helped him out a little bit with tackle Riley Reif. They've got a guard in Jackson Carmen. They got Trey Hendrickson on their defense. Now maybe they'll have a couple guys that are going to play some defense for them. They have some things to to be happy about. And, you know, Joe Mixon's always tough. So who knows? Who knows? Like I said, they they could give the Browns a, a really, really tough game again.
1: Here's what we do know about the Bengals, and it's going to be a problem. It's Joe Burrow in an empty set with T. Higgins out wide, Tyler Boyd in the slot, and Jamar Chase wherever you want to put him. That's going to be a concern for any team, and even a team like the Browns who have completely reloaded their secondary. Right. Yeah,
2: I mean, you, you could make a convincing case that throughout the whole room, so not just like the top of the room, that the Bengals have maybe a better full receiving core than the mm-hmm. Browns, or at least on par, especially if Jamar mm-hmm. Chase is the player we think he can be because Higgins was incredible last year. Yeah. With,
0: absolutely. Like what he did. And
2: I, I, those weapons that Joe Burrow has, if they can protect him, that yes. team's going to play, play you in some shootouts.
1: Yes. Yeah. For sure. Tate, I believe one of them that they're, they're, yeah. they're going to be yep. able to sit. Yeah. They're going to be able to sit Joey B in empty and just, it's going to look like LSU all over again very soon.
0: You know, the only thing is once again, is when are those games and how quickly and strongly will, will Joe Burrow come, be coming back from the torn ACL. So that, that is huge because you you know, some guys need longer than others, depending on how their body is. He's somebody that later in the season might be a lot stronger than he is earlier.
2: By the way, I just Googled it. The Bengals backup quarterback is Brandon Allen, who I believe is the quarterback that beat the Browns in Denver a couple of years ago.
0: Oh yeah,
2: Freddie Kitcheners. I don't know if it's the same Brandon Allen. I don't know if there's multiple Brandon Allens.
0: I I'm don't sure even know if my same.
2: Google search brought up an accurate result, but potentially maybe it's a Brandon <laughs> Allen uh, rematch for the Browns. All right, there we have it. Our power rankings of Brown's opponents. I'll read them off real quick. It went Kansas City, Green Bay, Baltimore, Arizona, New England, the Chargers. Denver, Minnesota, Las Vegas, Chicago, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Detroit, and Houston. So, we will have a roundtable coming off the schedule release that's going to post on Thursday morning. You'll get to hear that as we react to the Browns' full schedule that comes out tonight. Uh, and make sure you're a Football Insider subscriber because we'll have some analysis that we'll text out to folks uh, about that as well. So, Ellis and Mary Kay, I'm looking forward to it. We finally get to see when the Browns play. Where we're going and when next season, it should be exciting. I will talk to you guys later.